Welcome to the podcast, episode 20, Secondary Traumatic Stress in Child Welfare. The podcast is a weekly series that brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archive. I'm your host, Yvonne Brady. This particle highlights key research on secondary traumatic stress and its impacts on practitioners. Individual and organisational strategies for prevention and intervention are also discussed. Practitioners in child welfare are faced with daily challenges in addressing the complex issues of child abuse and neglect. Financial constraints, public criticism and lack of adequate resources are often barriers to successful outcomes. Child welfare practitioners are frequently exposed to intimate details of trauma and witness its effects in direct and indirect ways. Secondary traumatic stress, or STS, is the experience of people, typically professionals, who develop their own traumatic symptoms and reactions after being exposed to traumatic stories. Working with traumatised individuals has the potential to negatively impact the well-being of practitioners with both immediate and long-term effects. Child welfare professionals with STS often report symptoms and conditions similar to those of post-traumatic stress disorder. STS is an occupational hazard for child welfare workers, due both to their duty to respond to events that may put them directly in danger of physical or psychological harm, as well as their exposure to disturbing subject matter during daily tasks. STS can harmfully impact a worker's sense of well-being, quality of work and professional retention. Multiple studies have demonstrated a link between STS and high turnover rates in child welfare work. Attrition and turnover undermine the development of practitioner-client relationships particularly significant when working with vulnerable children and families who have issues around trust and attachment. If left unaddressed, STS may disrupt a practitioner's ability to be focused and attentive to the needs of others, which has implications for the well-being of clients, the practitioner's emotional and interpersonal relationships, and the functioning of the organisation as a whole. Experiencing Secondary Traumatic Stress Secondary traumatic stress is emotionally challenging in a number of ways. Denial that trauma has occurred and avoidance of discussions of the traumatic event or conversation are widely reported as initial responses to stress. The literature suggests numbing, distancing and separation in both professional and private relationships to be common as child welfare practitioners cope with their traumatic symptoms. In doing so, Individuals report feeling trapped in hopeless or futile work with their clients and often attempt to avoid thinking of their clients or the traumatic event altogether. The following are some common responses to STS. Avoidance. Avoidance becomes a difficult coping mechanism for practitioners to maintain as intrusive cognitions are a common condition of STS and include anxiety, difficulty concentrating, and inability to move thoughts away from worrying about the children and families with whom they work. One's cognitions are overcome by the reliving or reimagining of the client's trauma. 
Disruptions to perception and thinking. Changes in perception or worldview that result from work with traumatised populations. Altered worldviews can include a loss of innocence and difficulty maintaining awareness that there are in fact stable and healthy families. Practitioners may perceive their experiences with clients to be representative of the general population and lose the ability to trust others, especially in situations that relate to the care of their own children and families. Hypervigilance An involuntary behaviour in which individuals become increasingly sensitive of potential threats or trauma in their environment. For example, practitioners recount being overprotective of family members and developing a fear of abuse in intimate relationships. Hypervigilance most often corresponds to the details of their client's traumatic event and is embedded in the fear that this could happen to me. The impact of STS is felt over an extended period of time as intrusive and perceptual cognitions seep into interpersonal relationships and physiological well-being. Importantly, practitioners report feeling socially isolated from family and friends. Much child welfare work requires practices of strict confidentiality, which prevent child welfare practitioners from sharing the details of their tough days with those closest to them. The feeling that family and friends don't understand their work has been associated with practitioners' internalising experiences leading to lack of trust and loss of compassion. Behavioural manifestations of these psychological responses include acting in ways that are overprotective and anxious, for example, not letting children visit friends' homes, and expressing a desire to avoid working with traumatised clients in an attempt to physically distance themselves from the perceived source of struggle. STS may negatively affect not only the mental, but the physical health and functioning of practitioners. Changes in the immune system in response to stress increase susceptibility to disease and altered brain chemistry is a permanent outcome that may contribute to depression and poor coping skills. The behavioural and emotional symptoms of STS are considered a natural response to knowing about a traumatising event or from helping a traumatised or suffering person. In their discussion of trauma work, McCann and Perlman speak to the complexity of this condition by identifying the effects on practitioners to be pervasive cumulative and likely permanent. The authors describe the pervasiveness of STS as potentially affecting all areas of the practitioner's life, for example, the practitioner's family, social life and physical and psychological well-being. The effects are cumulative in that each client's story can further emphasise the practitioner's changing perceptions and opinions of their world. Despite attempts to work through the challenges of trauma work, practitioners will likely be permanently impacted by their practice. Secondary Traumatic Stress and Burnout There are a number of terms present in the literature that speak to experiences of distress, fatigue and traumatisation among child welfare practitioners. While it is important to differentiate between them, it must also be recognised that some terms are used interchangeably and describe similar phenomena. Burnout The result of stressful work conditions, for example long hours and a heavy workload, often characterised by high demands and low personal rewards. While symptoms of STS are a direct result of bearing witness to emotionally traumatising stories, burnout occurs in response to stressors from the organisational climate and environment. Burnout is considered to be a chronic form of occupational stress composed of three factors. Emotional exhaustion, 
for example, anxiety, depression, irritation, somatic complaints. Depersonalization, for example, loss of enthusiasm. Feelings of low personal accomplishment, for example, lower levels of job satisfaction, loss of sense of purpose in one's work. Vicarious trauma. The change in a practitioner's cognitive schema that results from caring for traumatized individuals and internalized feelings of responsibility for a client's well-being. Also used interchangeably with STS, vicarious trauma focuses on the cost of caring for others as it manifests in changes to an individual's physical and psychological functioning. Compassion fatigue. A term used interchangeably with STS, compassion fatigue emphasizes the role of empathy in the helping professions. While a practitioner is expected to express empathy and genuineness toward clients, the more empathetic practitioners are, the more likely they are to internalize and be affected by their clients' trauma. Studies recognize compassion fatigue as an inevitable result of working with traumatized children and families. Symptoms of this condition can include episodes of sadness, depression, sleeplessness and general anxiety. Workers may experience dreams or intrusive thoughts influencing their ability to maintain objectivity and provide appropriate service to their clients. Compassion Satisfaction An individual's perception of the benefits that come from their work with traumatised or disenfranchised people. A practitioner's risk of STS has been shown to be alleviated by the degree to which they feel successful and supported in their professional lives. Who is at risk? Understanding the risks child welfare practitioners face in experiencing STS is an important step in promoting practitioner well-being. While the nature of child welfare work is a risk factor in itself, additional influences on practitioners' susceptibility to STS can be found both inside and outside of the workplace. There is a demonstrated link, for example, between a practitioner's history of trauma, childhood abuse or neglect, and a higher risk for secondary traumatic stress among child welfare workers. Younger practitioners are at an increased risk of STS, which is likely a result of factors such as less experience in the field and lack of adequate training in trauma work. There is some evidence in the literature of the role of self-efficacy in mitigating individual experiences of STS. Experienced practitioners are more likely to have comprehensive training and to have developed coping strategies or contingency plans for traumatic encounters. Younger practitioners are at an increased risk of STS, which is likely a result of factors such as less experience in the field and lack of adequate training in trauma work. There is some evidence in the literature of the role of self-efficacy in mitigating individual experiences of STS. Experienced practitioners are more likely to have comprehensive training and to have developed coping strategies or contingency plans for traumatic encounters. Empathy is continually demonstrated as a pathway of susceptibility to internalising client trauma. Highly empathetic individuals are at greater risk for STS. The continued indirect exposure to trauma in Asian child welfare work is a concern given that the practitioner's sense of self, often both personally and professionally, is founded on his or her establishing an alliance with every client. In order to demonstrate authenticity in client interactions, child welfare practitioners must express empathy. The proportion of traumatised clients in a caseload can increase the likelihood of developing STS and exacerbated symptoms. 
Practitioners who carry a heavy caseload of traumatised clients without adequate rest, reflection and prevention strategies may jeopardise their ability to psychologically manage the intensity of trauma work. Strategies for Prevention and Intervention The development of a trauma-informed child welfare system is a process advanced in the literature as promoting optimism, mastery and collaboration to reduce the symptoms of STS and practitioner turnover. These elements encourage the development of self-efficacy and can be used to further workers' self-reflection, self-care and resiliency to the effects of stress. Providing staff with opportunities to develop a healthy work-life balance demonstrates that organisations trust practitioners to cultivate an awareness of their own limitations and that they are committed to employee health. Prevention strategies that promote resiliency in practitioners are supported in the literature. Four key variables to support the development of resilience are as follows. Risk reduction. Minimising exposure to traumatising events. Avoiding negative chain reactions. Promoting early intervention to foster healthy stress management techniques. Development of self-esteem. Encouraging a supportive work environment that builds self-efficacy among workers. Openness to opportunities. Ability to maintain a positive sense of the future. In addition to promoting resiliency in the above ways, there are many strategies suggested to reduce the professional, social and personal costs of STS in the field of child welfare. A collaborative organisational culture that values the input and efforts of individuals at all levels of the agency can be an effective means of addressing traumatic work. Acknowledgement and Education Child welfare practitioners are not unfamiliar with the concept of self-care. Literature promoting the use of self-care strategies recommends physical, for example rest, nutrition, exercise, emotional, for example self-reflection, and social activities, for example spending time with family. Self-care is often advertised as the primary means of managing workplace stress. However, this strategy can be perceived as placing the onus on individual practitioners. By heavily relying on self-care techniques, supervisors may send the message that any experience of STS is a result of poor self-care or a failure by the practitioner to take responsibility for his or her own well-being. While these strategies are one aspect of effective stress management, the success of individuals in the workplace is a collaborative effort that reflects a commitment on behalf of both the practitioner and the agency to staff well-being. It is important that organisations recognise the risk of STS and related conditions, communicate this knowledge to staff and demonstrate that practitioners are provided the opportunity to seek support from colleagues and supervisors. An organisational culture that focuses on the progress made with clients rather than the dangers and challenges of child welfare work cultivates practitioner strengths. A strengths-based organisational culture promotes practitioner and client successes and provides affirmation of practitioners' positive contributions. Through acknowledgement and education of both stress and success, an organisation can prepare for occupational hazards and support the practitioner in maintaining a balanced life. Anticipatory Coping Anticipatory coping is a process that can help in protecting a practitioner's personal and professional lives. 
This process promotes building resilience to STS through mental preparation. For example, practitioners may make contingency plans for the inevitable experience of traumatic events and chronic stressors, rather than deal with each event as it arises or as symptoms of STS become unbearable. Organisations can address traumatic experiences proactively through ongoing training and staff development that focuses on managing occupational stress. Ensuring debriefing services and counselling are routine processes, rather than provided by request only, is a recommendation reiterated time and again in the literature. Supporting staff with an organisational culture that publicly recognises STS is necessary for the health of both the individual and organisation. Practitioners routinely encounter scenarios that cause them to feel responsibility for a negative outcome or to personally identify with the victim of a traumatic event. For example, I could have prevented this, or it could have been me or my child. The key is for individuals and organisations to approach trauma prevention proactively and with persistence. Active supervision. Active supervision, in the form of task assistance, reflection, emotional support and focused interaction, is a key element in preventing distress and turnover among child welfare practitioners. Allowing practitioners time to debrief following a traumatic event or crisis facilitates the processing of feelings of distress. This is a critical step in promoting a practitioner's ability to reflect on their trauma work and to integrate these reflections into their practice as contributions to the depth of their understanding. Sprang and colleagues emphasise that supervisors should be key players in developing organisational cultures that support practitioners by ensuring an optimal balance of cases, preventing overload of traumatic cases, and flexibility to organise schedules to allow debriefing and adequate breaks. Recognising the potential hazards of using empathy in trauma work it is necessary for supervisors to provide continued outlets for psychological support. You have been listening to the Parkcast, episode 20, Secondary Traumatic Stress in Child Welfare. The podcast is produced by Practice and Research Together, a membership-based organisation that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information about this episode's topic, the podcast, or Practice and Research Together, please visit www.partcanada.org. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at part EIP. That's P A R T E I P. Thanks for listening.